0: Welcome to the On Three podcast, where we talk about the mission of Grace Church and the moment we're in. Hey, uh, this season on On Three podcast, we are talking about standing in the difficult intersections of life with young adults. I'm your host, Michael Marshall. Uh, And today I'm here with Josiah Bogue. Yeah. Uh, Josiah, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, man?
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm Josiah. I'm from uh, Grace Church Bath Campus in Akron, Ohio, which is awesome. Yeah. And I am the young adults pastor over there. Come on. uh, Which has been uh, one of the greatest privileges of my entire life. Thank you, Yeah.
0: That's so cool. Uh, you're down here uh, in person. I'm here, uh, man. Come on. It's awesome. Uh, you've got a group of 10 young adults with you. I th- Something like that. Something like that. You guys drove down last night. Yeah, dude. Uh, they're in the background at the moment raising. Just talking. Uh, just talking. I don't know if they can hear me or not. They're doing tours and things like that uh man it's so great having you guys down here it's a lot a lot of fun um are all of them a part of the college ministry up there
1: yeah so the ministry we have is it's actually 18 to 28 so it's not uh it's not college okay only the the gotcha you know the first third um but yeah everyone except we brought one guy from our medina campus okay who is actually one of our main leaders uh her brother so that's was the connection but everybody else is from collective yeah
0: that's so cool. Um, yeah, so you've you've been running that uh, collective ministry for how many years now?
1: I've been running it for three years. I've been working for collective for about seven years now. Okay, wow. But I've yeah. been running it for the past three, yeah.
0: Running it for about three years. I was and, doing like worship and all that. And there were different. like two different... Uh, like phases of that before you right
1: yeah so right when the bath campus was planted in 2000 yeah uh they planted that campus with a bunch of young adults so every time uh david and and uh your church is talking about what you guys are doing i I just imagine i'm like yeah that's exactly how bath campus started too was Mm -hmm. like let's run full send after young adults and see see the movement that comes out of that. So that happened around 2000. They had a Bible study. Eventually that Bible study grew and they officially started like uh, a young adult ministry, like Mm. more, you know, that, that had a name and stuff. They called that new perspective. Um, eventually pastor Tony, uh, who is the campus pastor of Medina East campus, which is, uh, one of the bigger campuses of grace. Um, he was running New Perspective. yeah. And so he ran that for a handful of years. And then I think in 2012, uh, he took a huge chunk of the Young Adult Ministry and they planned the Medina East Campus. Um, the, that ministry kind of wobbled after that for sure. Mm. Um, eventually, uh, a guy named uh, Pastor Keith came in. Uh, he ran it for a little bit. They changed the name to Collective, same ministry though. Um, and he ran that for a few years. I came in as his worship leader when I first started interning at Grace. And then uh, he um, felt God leading him somewhere else. And so when he left, they offered me the job.
0: That's so cool. Yeah. That's a lot of fun. And I love, uh, because we've kind of already had this conversation, but I love uh, kind of y'all's heart behind um, creating disciples, basically, with with young adults and this this passion to uh, drive into kind of how the— how they're brought up almost, right? So like it's a little bit different down here, right? So like uh, even though we're having this huge influx of young adults that don't know Jesus, for the majority of it, right, like we have a lot of young adults that grew up in the church, Yeah. right? So there's language there that they understand but don't, right? So like there's a lot of uh, conversations down here to where you're going, hey, can you just define what grace is? And they're just like, I don't know it's something that god gives, right? it's or like anything that biblical language is used but not understood, right? to where it's uh pretty different to how you guys are geared. You're like, how can we uh correct me if I'm wrong, but like uh how can we engage just the language of the bible in a context that makes sense, right? Yeah. Um so if that's kind of driving you, how does how has that affected how you Uh, present the ministry and present the gospel within Collective? Oh, dude,
1: that's a really, really great question. Um, It has affected us in in all sorts of ways. I I think for me, just going backwards even before that, I think it's been personally challenging and helpful for me to think and understand, think and ask the question, Do I really understand the things that I'm talking about or am I regurgitating things that I've heard from somebody else? hundred percent. Like, it's funny, even just being here for a little bit, like I get in conversations, like just a couple conversations and I'll hear phrases. I'm like, those phrases aren't anywhere in Mm. the Bible, Mm -hmm. but they sound so right, you know, Mm -hmm. and they're not they're not wrong necessarily. Sometimes it is, you know. I was making fun of the pr- phrase the other day. I can't uh, pour out from an empty cup. Yep. Like that's just a made up. First of all, that's not true. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's like, like Jesus would teach the opposite of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the second of that's just made up. Um, and so you hear these phrases. So what God did in my heart a handful of years ago was really press into, I don't really know that I understood the gospel on a, on a deep level until mm-hmm. a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, so God hit me with that. And, and when that happened in my life, it was right before I just took over Collective. And then I started teaching, and everything was coming out of this very like mm. personal yeah. place. And I found myself explaining everything in ways that made sense to the entire room because I understood it personally, yeah. many of these concepts, for the first time. So the idea of grace finally kicked in. So when I'm talking about mm. grace, everyone's like, whoa. What are you talking? Am yeah. I, no, I'm like this is new for me. Yeah. And the idea of forgiveness, I I think I had a great uh, relationship with God the Father. Like, mm. so I, I don't doubt my relationship with God before a handful of years ago. But I don't know that Jesus clicked. Mm. Um. And yeah. so when that clicked, I it's, you start explaining all these things. It's um, they say when you're learning how to public speak or uh, just present ideas. Yeah. They say if you can't present something to uh, a 10 year old, Yeah, it's because you don't really understand it. Like if yeah. you can't simplify your language. It's because you don't really understand what yep. you're saying. And uh, I think a lot of followers of Jesus just at the end of the day, you know, Jesus says, Jesus says in Acts chapter one, go and be my witnesses. Mm-hmm. He doesn't say go and be my theologians or go preach sermons or go, uh, tell people the four points of salvation or whatever. Yeah. He says, go and tell, go and be my witnesses. Go and tell people what you have personally seen and what you have personally experienced. And when you do that, you know, somebody might say, you know, I just started following Jesus last year. I don't know all this stuff. It's like, well, that's not. The, the, the woman at the well in, in John chapter 4, there's a story where Jesus encounters this woman who didn't know jack crap about what he was talking about. And she accepts him on the spot and goes and leads her whole yep. her whole town yeah. to to hear about Jesus. And it's like, well, just tell people what what Jesus has seen and, and 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 or what you've seen through Jesus. And I I think you can kind of flip it and say, all right, well, if I'm not telling people what I've experienced, if I'm not telling other people about Jesus, maybe the problem isn't that I don't know enough. Maybe the problem is that I actually haven't witnessed anything. Mm-hmm. And I think that was my, because I used to beat myself up. I don't tell enough people about Jesus. I would like kind of force myself. And there's a place for that. Like there's a place to um, step out to something that you're not prepared for. I think Jesus calls his followers to do that all the time. But what I realized was I don't think I've personally experienced God. And that's at least to a certain degree. And that's why I'm not telling other people about him. So... In collectives context, what's really cool is we're we've built a ministry um, around people that don't know Jesus, targeted at people that don't know Jesus. That was very controversial. Yep. Uh, I think it's just now, like this year, that I feel like we're kind of we've kind of established that culture, and mm-hmm. that is what it is. And. Uh, the people that argue about that and get offended by that are kind of in the minority so mm. you can kind of just keep moving yeah. and not like worry about it too much. Uh, I still have all the conversations in the world. But what's really cool is we, we took a leader's retreat um, this, this past, uh, when was that? It was just a couple months ago. We took a leader's retreat and about a third of the leaders in the leader's retreat had accepted Christ in the past year and a half. Mm, come on. like Which is amazing. Yes. But guess who's telling the most people about Jesus? It's those guys. And guess who's most effective at telling people about Jesus? It's those guys. Because their story is so personal, and it's a a witness story, and it's a, I once was lost, but now I'm found. And so if you want to know how to find all the right language to talk to young people or people that don't know Jesus, whatever it is, honestly, the best way is, like, lead people to Christ, and they'll start supplying
0: this language. Yeah, yeah. No, it's so true, and I love it because uh, what the what the truth is then is just because it's not. Man, how much do I know about Jesus? It's yeah. like, man, how much time have I spent with him, right? Because it's like she knew the lady at the well, and John four is one of my favorite passages. One just because it deals with worship, and I'm a worship guy. Uh, but the fact that she's just asking these questions and she's trying to be theological. Right, she was. She's like, she's trying to she say, like, well, you guys worship here, but we worship here, and this is Jacob's well, and all this kind of stuff. And he's like, uh, "Hey, why don't you bring your husband?" And she's like, "I don't have." This. You're right. You've had four, and the guy you're living with and now, and it just becomes so intimate and personal, personal. So, fast. and that's what changes, yeah. right? That's what shifts is that personal time with the Lord that she's like, "Oh, you're him. You're it. I'm gonna go tell everyone that has." despised me because of the life I've lived. I'm going to go tell him how you've told me everything that I've done and how you're worth it. I'm like you're it. And I love it because it, it really kind of shifts that. And, it, and it's, it's something that we see today where I think you're exactly right where the language we engage with should be like when we lead someone to Jesus or someone is brought to Jesus and for the first time and the, the fire that they have, the things they're expressing, all this kind of stuff We're like, Let's engage with that because what I love what we talked about uh, a while ago is recognizing or like trying to make that sustainable, right? Like how can we, uh, this fire, like keep that going and not let it burn out super fast, right? I think that's part of it is just recognizing, hey, can we just come alongside that? And I think that's what you're doing, right? Like not only that, and this is what I love. Maybe you can talk a little bit about this is how you're engaging that with your leaders like you're almost uh like someone gets saved and what you're saying like they got saved in the last year oh, and yeah. now they're leading
1: yeah right dude. so what does that look like dude that man that is a great question well i, I probably should give some a background yeah, context on. on this a little bit because um just for everybody listening so when i had started when i had uh started with collective it was right at covid mm-hmm. it like right when i started um which meant the the ministry even though the ministry had existed forever it had basically had died out. Yeah. So okay. I didn't I didn't walk into this uh, grand young adult ministry. We were just I was just talking to David and uh, David was saying how in your church right now there's there's about like 30 some yeah. young adults that are like rocking with you. Yeah. And I at the first leadership meeting I ever had about how to get collective like reach young adults again, yeah. was, there was 10 people in that room. And so that that's like real it was really encouraging, thinking, okay, man, and just in the past uh little bit I the first retreat we did a retreat that year in November, and I think we got sixty people on yeah. that retreat, and then this past retreat we had three hundred fifty wow. some people on that yeah. retreat it was it's unreal what God has done in that time um, and it It's just, this is a work of the Holy Spirit. I cannot explain what's happening. <laughs> it It's unreal. No, that's awesome. But what we decided in that meeting with 10 people, I met with those guys and I said, hey, this is what we're going to do. I am not going to run this ministry. Mm. You are. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to facilitate. I'm going to help. I'm going to teach on like we have meet on Thursday nights. I'll do that stuff. But I told them, I cannot reach your friends. Yeah. Only you can reach your friends. And then I told them, and I am not called to reach your friends. Yeah, you're called to make disciples. Uh, we have conversations all the time where I'll say um, when you think of a pastor's job, what is a pastor's job? And people say, well, it's job to teach the Bible. Mm-hmm. It's your job to uh, tell other people about Jesus. It's your job to make spaces where people can hear about Jesus. And I said, yep. Uh, Did you know that everything you think is a pastor's calling. If you actually read the Bible, it's your calling. Yeah. I think it's by no coincidence that Peter says, you are God's priests. Mm-hmm. You are the ones that are called to be, uh, uh, you know, out to be uh, to represent God no matter where you go. Yeah. And that's uh, Paul, your ambassadors. Maybe that's Paul that says that about the royal priests, I don't remember. Mm-hmm. Um, so I told them right then and there was, I'm going to build this ministry entirely around you reaching your people. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're, and I want to facilitate it. we got like budget money I could give to you. We have the building I can give to you. But honestly, most of this is going to be free. The, like yeah. 95% of this is going to be free. It's just you going out. Well, those guys all created spaces that we now call Jesus spaces, yep. which uh, a Jesus space just has it has three things it has a who, a what and a when. Mm-hmm. Um, every leader that's a follower of Jesus and collect, anyone that's a follower of Jesus has to say, who's my who? Who are the people that every single week I'm praying and will do anything to lead to Christ? And I'm encountering them every single week. Yeah. What's my what? Uh, I love this hypothetical. The, uh, all of us, I'm sure, that are listening, if you're following Jesus, can think of people that would never walk into a church building or mm-hmm. would never come to Jesus. I love the thought experiment of bringing up that person's name and saying, okay, they'll never come to the church, right? They'll never come to the church. Okay. But if they did come into church mm-hmm. or if they did hear the message of Jesus, that's yeah. a better way of saying yeah, it. Yeah. If they did hear the message of Jesus, how would they hear the message of Jesus? Yeah. What would I have to do to get them to hear it? Well, immediately, as soon as that question is asked, it's, well, if we were playing volleyball, mm. you know, and I had like a devotional or something yep. or, well, you know, if we had uh, some kind of service project that we were doing or, well, if we were out at a coffee shop, yep. And we we're just being honest and just talking and getting into it, and all of a sudden these whats. Mm. So you have a who, yeah. The who might the who has to be, has to be someone that doesn't know Jesus, and you're not allowed to not say the person that you don't think there's a shot at. Yeah. yeah. So you have a who, but then you have a what. Yeah. If we did this, maybe I could share Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, and most of the time that's going to happen outside the church building. You know, but that's and then we say and then you need a when. Yeah. When in your week every week are you going to do this yeah and so what that's turned into is every week i go to the starbucks with my friends every lunch break i sit with these guys and i sh- try and share christ every tuesday night we invite these guys and we hoop together whatever it is a who a what and a when um and then we say that's your jesus space and jesus space does three things one it goes to people that don't know jesus mm-hmm. um two it does, you do whatever it takes to share the gospel, even if that means less people show up to your space, even if it means uh, people think you're weird or, you, you know, you gotta get, uh, I, I would say, you gotta get gutsy, you know, like, yeah. you'll do what, it, I'm not talking about shoving Jesus down the throat, mm-hmm. I'm not talking about, like, forcing something, but, like, that's your number one goal. You can't say, well, we got them in the building, what a victory. It's like, that's not a victory. Yeah. <laughs> like, share Christ with them. Uh, and then third, we lead people into the rest of the church. Yeah. Um, so we talked about that with uh, those 10 people in a much more diluted form. I uh, I don't know that I had all that super defined, but those were the conversations we were having. Yeah. Well, they started reaching people, mm-hmm. and then their friends started reaching people, and their friends started reaching people. Come on. And, and before we know it, all these people, left and right, are coming to Christ. Yeah. Uh, This past retreat that we had, and this is just the work of the Holy Spirit, there were 42 people that got baptized. Come on. Like on the spot, like yeah. we, we only had a co- like two or three planned. Mm. We had two planned. Yeah. Uh, 42 people got baptized. Um, nine people accepted Christ yeah. uh, in that 24-hour window. And the best part about it is out of the 42 people that got baptized, yes. I only personally baptized uh, three people. Come on. That was it. Yeah. Everybody else was baptized by their friend who yeah. reached them through their Jesus space. Yeah. Uh, which is just the most incredible thing in the world.
0: That's incredible. So that, I love that, that that's the main ministry, right? Like the, the main heart is like, where are the Jesus, like, where are you going? Right. Right. Because that's where the ministry, that's where the gospel is being reached towards people. And I love that. And then you guys group together on Thursday nights. Yep. So that Thursday night, I mean, like, what's the, what's the goal there? If that's like reaching out to people, right? Like your Jesus spaces, all that kind of stuff. You bring everyone together. So what, what's your heart? What you, because a lot of people think that that's, that's the goal. Right, right. It's, like, right, it's, just, get get, it's just getting them in the door, uh, getting them to listen to the right kind of music, getting them to have the right kind of conversations. Uh, but that seems to kind of like, hey, let's let's do life together, and then let's group together on Thursday nights.
1: Yeah, so Thursday nights um, plays an absolutely pivotal role in the ministry. I like to say, like, if you think of a clock with all the different uh wheels yeah, and the clock yeah, yeah. or cogs, what do you call those? Gears. Gears gears, and, all and cogs, them. all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah so Thursday nights I see as uh, the biggest central cog in the wheel of yeah. all of these Jesus spaces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So on Thursday nights, what we do is I teach that. So one of the things that as soon, as, we say as soon as someone accepts Christ or makes a spiritual decision, we immediately invite them in to start leading and leading other people to Christ and, yeah. and become Jesus space leaders. Yeah. Immediately. Uh, I'm just, uh, this week I'll be wrapping up. Our retreat was three weeks ago. And since then, we've been running a three-week group where we teach people as Jesus-based training. All the people that accepted Christ got baptized got invited to that. Yeah. And we're going to send them out hopefully next week to start their spaces. Um, with all those Jesus spaces that are happening, the uh, consistency and the quality of the theology and the gospel that's being taught is a little bit all over the place. And yeah. I think rightfully so that's woman at the well, right? That's yeah, John yeah. four is yeah. like, yeah. I mean, who knows what she was saying, you know, but yeah. she's saying it sincerely. Yeah. So what Thursday nights becomes is like the weekly, um, Bible teaching that everyone is under. Yep. I gear that, uh, to the believers and unbelievers at the same time. I think yep. it's a total false dichotomy, uh, to say is, is this service for unbelievers mm-hmm. or is it for believers? I think that's a, yeah. I think that's some bull crap. Because yeah. what a believer needs more than anything is to understand the gospel. Yeah. And how the gospel is not consistent with their life. When um, uh, an unbeliever, They I say believer or an unbeliever? The other one, they both need to understand the gospel. Yes. Right. And and so I'm gonna talk to followers of Jesus. You'll see me go back and forth. I'm say some of your followers, of Jesus, some of you aren't. Um, but I'm going to do that in a language that everyone understands, yep. which I actually find the believer benefits maybe the most from mm. because they realize I grew up with all these terms, but I never knew what they meant. Yep. So when I'm explaining them to somebody that doesn't know anything about Jesus, it's finally making sense to the church kid for the first time. Yeah, yeah. And they have now have better language to talk to their friends, yep. which is super helpful. So we do, we do that Bible teaching on Thursday. Uh, we have uh, worship in that time, which is really cool. Um, we've been doing worship on the floor lately, which has oh. been great. So yeah. we brought the band down and yes. it's been awesome. Uh, so we do that. And then we just hang out all night. But that becomes this amazing space for people to bring all these guys from their Jesus spaces, yep. uh, which, which has been incredible. I think the thir- first Thursday night I ever did, I think there were 60 people there, which was great. But we've been, we've been having like 200 plus all fall. Yeah. And it's Jesus-based people. It's yeah. not like Josiah's good at teaching. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's, all, it's like Jesus-based stuff. And then they'll hang out for legitimately. Uh, I left at 4.30 in the morning wow. the other Thursday night. You know, so people will hang out, you know, uh, normally. Hopefully I get yeah. to bed at least by 2. <laughs> but but uh, they'll, they'll hang out there all night. And that, that's how I uh, give vision. To where we're going. Yep. That's how we give language to the gospel and all that kind of stuff. And then uh they'll go out and do Jesus spaces and that's where most of the action is at is I in love the Jesus it. spaces. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's so good. Uh it reminded me of an old video. Uh there was, there was this old YouTube video. I'm not sure if you saw it. It was uh it's called Shoot Christians say. Yeah, I uh, remember it's, that. It's but it's like it really does make fun of just the language that we use. So just like I'll echo that. And it's just like, what does that even mean? Uh, I don't I'm just let's
1: let's lift up a shout of praise. <laughs> I was like, like, cool. What does that mean? Yay. Well, you know, you lead Uh, worship. Worship leaders are the worst at it. (laughs) Like, they're just like, we are. We are. You know, it's, yeah. Just
0: because we're trying to, like, we're trying to make that moment and you're just like, okay, cool. Well, like, even, I mean, there have been several times where, uh, like, even if I uh, sing Come Thou Fount. Right. Yeah. There's a line and there's, I'll raise, I'll raise an Ebenezer. Yeah. Uh, And he's just like, what is that? What's an Ebenezer? Like Scrooge? Ebenezer like, Scrooge. Yeah. Dude, that guy. I'm gonna raise, just like, what does that raise even mean? Up. And you have to explain some of these things. Uh, But I think you're right. And it's just like, it, it benefits everybody to go like, Hey, this is what this means. Right. Like just the, let's, let's use the language that we're, uh, that we're familiar with to explain the things that we're not familiar with. It's just, uh and you said it earlier, just sim- in the simplest form, right? It's so good. Uh and I'm sure it's helped because you guys just finished this massive indoor basketball court I at did. your y'all campus. Yeah, I do. And I'm sure that's helping so much just like create space of just like, Hey, let's let's play some basketball. Let's just hoops, let's play Dude,
1: you have no idea how thankful uh all of our young adults are that we get to be a part of a church that would back financially mm. all the ministry that is happening. Wow. It, it is, it is unreal. Cause yeah. you know, you know, like where young adults are at, it's like, they're not contributing a lot of money. You know, they're contributing some and yeah. some people make it like some people are loaded, you know, but not most, Yeah, but to be a part of a, a campus and a church that is saying, we're so excited about you guys reaching your friends. Yeah. You guys do whatever it takes. We'll get you guys the money. Yeah, I love that. You know, and I and I'm I see that heartbeat here at yeah. Town Center, and I'm like, dude, that that's a game changer.
0: Man. Yeah, yeah, it's so good. Um, and we talked about this uh, when I was up there in Ohio, but we uh, when you're talking about you're creating leaders within collective, all this kind of stuff. And sometimes it's extremely uncomfortable for people on Sundays to experience. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I, I love, I love that because it just, it, it throws it into a different context of like, Oh, this is how different, because like a lot of times we're like, yeah, we love that idea. And then we get in the middle of it. We're like, I'm terror. Oh, this is scary. Like kind of thing of what's going on. Um, explain a little bit about that, uh, stark difference of of what you like a normal believer uh on a sunday morning would come in on a thursday night and be like what is happening
1: so okay this was not what i was expecting uh to happen so i knew when i first started the job if we were going to try and reach the completely unsaved unchurched people yeah there was going to be some controversy and like uh you're not equipping the saints which sending people out is equipping the saints so that's stupid <laughs> Um, or like, you're not going deep enough. Well, there's nothing deeper than the gospel. So you need to read the Bible again. You know, yeah, if, if yeah. you're going to Bible thump, at least read it, yeah. you know, like <laughs> anyways. So yeah. I, I knew like some stupid stuff like that was going to happen. Yeah. Um, what I wasn't expecting was about two years in. So last year, about two years in, we had a bunch of people have, had given their lives to Christ. Yeah. Uh, people that didn't grow up with any of this background. And we had invited them in, like the woman at the well, mm-hmm. to start re- reaching their friends. And we call—I'll I'll call all of our, the Jesus Space guys, the leaders. Yeah. I, I say that all the time. Yeah. I don't mean like elder level leader, but like they're—they're they're the leaders of the ministry. Yeah. Well, when they started leading their Jesus Spaces, I started getting complaints left and right mm. about. Josiah, your leaders are out of control, yeah your leaders that accepted Christ like three days ago, yeah are they need to stop mm. um, things like like you asked about on Thursday night it's like well, things like if you walk into Thursday, and hopefully this isn't the leaders, but about probably fifty percent of the people that come on Thursdays don't follow Jesus yeah so you're going to hear the F word quite a bit, yep. uh, a lot of people are going to smell like weed. Um, one of the things we learned that makes people really comfortable really fast is just playing like throwback mainstream music yeah in the lobby and so like i'll play like kanye west and we'll clean it out you know Mm. i I don't want like swear words and things but like we'll just put on new music um and so that all of this is and then you'll see uh people wearing um not very modest outfits you know and it's just the, the kind of stuff that makes people uncomfortable. But it's also like, yeah, if you were to walk out anywhere, this is what it'd be. And we're not condoning any of this, yeah. you know. And like when somebody starts following Jesus, we start, anyways. People get really com- uncomfortable. So I, I remember um, uh, a handful. This is probably eight months ago now. Uh, two guys that grew up in church their whole life um, came to me and they said, uh, Josiah, this is what we hate about collective. Mm. It's your leadership. We hate the people that, you know, you, you are. They're uh, they're not taking their faith seriously. They're they're uh, insecure. They don't know how to behave these certain ways. Yeah. Like, the, and then they say, quote, my friends would never come to a ministry like Collective because of your leadership." The most repulsive thing about Collective is leadership. Well, I sat down with them and talked with these two guys, and it just so happened to be that one of the guys. His brother was very deep into gangs and drugs, Mm. like pretty, pretty deep, like very nerve wracking. You know, like almost lost his life one time. You know, kind of stuff. And and I looked at him and I said, "Uh, "Dude, what is your biggest hope for your brother, Mm. Michael? Yeah, what's your biggest hope for him?" And he looks and he said, "Uh, "Well, my biggest hope would be." that he would follow Jesus. Yeah. And I said, all right, dude, let's say, let's say that Michael just like, let's say a miracle happened in Michael's life. And Michael gave his life to Jesus, like just out of nowhere. He just decided to give his life to Christ. He said, I said, how would you feel about that? He said, man, I would be so excited about that. And I said, okay, well, if Michael gave his life to Jesus, what would you hope that he would start doing? Yeah. He said, well, I hope he would start like reading the Bible and, and talking to God. I'm like, yeah, absolutely. And like, what else would you hope he would do? Well, I hope he would start living out what Jesus told him to do. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, and what does that mean? Well, one of the first things Jesus says is we're gonna go fish for people. So I I hope that Michael would become so excited about Jesus that he would want to reach his friends. I'm like, okay, that's awesome. So if Michael started like a Bible study, like a a space to invite his friends to, would you be excited about that? And and he's like, yeah. So let's say Michael starts his Bible study and he invites all of his friends that, you know, were uh, don't follow Jesus either yeah, that yeah, he yeah. used to be with. And they all sh- pull up to this thing and they start talking about Jesus. And I said, "How do you think that would go?" And this guy and the other guy he was with just looked at each other and they started laughing. Yeah. And they said, "That's going to be the roughest Bible study you've ever <laughs> been to." <laughs> and yeah. I, and I I, I said, w- "Why? Why?" Yeah. And he said, "Well, I don't know how well he's going to be able to handle like swearing, you know, like He'll try, but he'll yeah. slip. And I don't know how, how perfect it's all going to go, and, it, and I don't know how well he's going to be able to teach things. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, so it's going to be ridiculous. And then I said, now imagine someone who grew up in church, hmm. walked into that Bible study, saw Michael trying to share Christ with his friends. Let's say he accidentally like, let a swear word slip. Let's say he accidentally said something that theologically might not totally be sound. And so that kid that grew up in church starts criticizing Michael, telling everybody that Michael doesn't deserve to do this. I said, what would you tell that kid that grew up in church? Mm. And, and he got very serious, and he said, I would tell him, you have no idea how far Michael has come. Yeah. And I looked at them and said, you have no idea how come far on. these leaders have come. Yeah. You know, And, and to their credit, those yeah. guys' credit, they got that. Yeah. They ran with it. Come on. Those two guys fill up a whole section of collective every week with guys that smell like weed and say swear words and and stumble in in the middle of the message and distract everybody when I'm on the most important points, you know, like they do that and they have led so many people to Jesus. And it turns out that they were wrong. Mm. They, they thought their friends would hate our ministry because of the leadership. It turns out their friends loved our ministry because of the leadership, Yeah. because they saw a vision for what Christ could do in their lives yeah. too. That's so awesome. that, that was an absolute game changer. I love that so much,
0: and I think it's important to note of like we're not you're not calling people to stay in the same life that they're no, living, and no, that's no. and that's so huge because like y- there's a progression, right? Like there's there's life that happens and uh, practices and habits and addictions that. Uh, thankfully leave in the name of Jesus, but it's, that takes, uh, sometimes it takes time. Sometimes it takes a moment, right? Or it's like, oh, I'm like, my addiction's gone. Like that's, that's an incredible work of the spirit. Uh, Them working through it and getting over that is also an incredible work of the spirit. Right. uh, Because it forms strength and endurance and all this kind of stuff. And I just, I love, I love that picture of just ministry because you're like, hey, this is gonna, we're gonna, it's gonna look a little rough right? Like, it's gonna look super rough. we're going to look super rough. Uh, it's going to be a little, uh, unpolished and unclean. We've gotten really good on Sundays to be really polished and clean. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of Christians have grown up in churches, uh, and families that are like, we've spent the last few generations polishing what this looks like in our family. It's like, that's not everybody. Right. And like, Thank God that your family has been pursuing the Lord with such intensity, and also, like that's incredible. Same time, we can't expect that from people who have been living their entire lives with generational sin that goes back of all well, gang members. There's a reason we were stuff.
1: talking on the van right here. There's a reason Jesus says Jesus looks at the Pharisees. Yeah, and he says, "Do you guys want to know the first people that are going to enter the kingdom of heaven?" Come on. And the Pharisees are like, "Who?" And he goes, "The prostitutes and the tax collectors." Yep. And and we were talking. We were driving in the van right here with with the guys, and I said. It's easy for us to be like, yeah, prostitutes, tax collectors, like it says that a lot in the Bible. But I'm like, what's the American equivalent of of prostitute and tax collector? And I I said, if I were to guess the American equivalent of prostitute and tax collector, I'd probably say the LGBT community on one end, and then on the way other end is uh, white supremacists. Yeah, Like, Jesus went after the prostitute and the tax collector because those were the two most extremes on mm. two far sides of how far you could be away from God. And I'm putting this in air quotes, how yeah. far you could get away from God. And Jesus goes after them first to say, this is who I'm going to build the kingdom around. Yep. And i it's really interesting to me how many churches and how many followers of Jesus always talk about wanting to reach people that don't know Christ and how the Jesus words seek and save the loss, yeah. how many churches talk about that. But when it actually starts to happen, they start to hate their church. Yeah, You know, like mm. a lot of people say, well, I hate big churches. Well, what are you hoping is going to happen when you start reaching people? Your church is going to grow. Yeah, You couldn't, by, I hate big churches. You might be making a very judgmental over generalized statement of yeah. like, I don't like, uh, Prosperity Gospel Churches or something like that. You could totally, and that's probably a little, um, you're probably lumping a lot of things in together, and so that's not wise, but that might be what you mean. But you might be making a statement of, I just don't want to reach people. Mm. The other thing that happens, and this was what I wasn't experienced, you hate how uncomfortable your church becomes mm-hmm. when you actually start reaching people. Yeah. And, and that's what I think followers of Jesus need to be aware of, is, all right, let's say our church starts filling up with, prostitutes and tax collectors, am I going to be excited about that Mm -hmm. or am I going to be annoyed and resentful and talk about how they're watering all this down and blah, 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 because it's not what I'm used to. Yeah. No, I love that.
0: Well, man, uh, one last thing. Uh, I just, I kind of want to hear your encouragement a little bit. How would you encourage, uh, I mean, the general person, but also like our church, our listeners, To engage in this sort of pursuit of like the lost and the hungry, and even in the context of young adults and all that kind of stuff, how would you, how would you kind of, uh, yeah, how would you encourage us,
1: dude? uh, Well, several things. Um, That's a great question. One is just every follower of Jesus is called in the full time ministry. Yep, and full time ministry is out of an overflow of what God's done in my heart. I go out and make disciples of all nations, which, which literally means sharing Christ with people that don't know him and, and, and teaching them what it means to follow Jesus. Yeah. So I would start by saying, if I'm walking into my workplace, no matter how old I am, with the number one goal of doing well at my job, I'm walking into my workplace for the wrong reason. Mm. The reason God put you in that job is to share Christ with the people that you encounter, yeah. the people that you work with, the people that are your customers whatever if i'm walking into my class uh if you're uh, taking classes with this the goal of um learning biology you are walking into your class for the wrong reason for, for we are the bible says that we are ambassadors we're Christ's ambassador mm-hmm. which means everywhere we go we are a representation of the king the reason god didn't zap you up the moment you accepted christ in is because there's still people that are drowning. Yep. And so I need to start by setting an example. I don't know. There are some for sure. I don't know that there's a lot of older followers of Jesus that actually set this incredible example of, I'm sharing Christ left and right at all costs. Mm-hmm. And the best thing you can ever do to encourage younger people to do that is to do it yourself. Yeah. Um, But the second encouragement I would give is these guys that are younger and accepting Christ and coming to Christ need guidance, need wisdom, and honestly need resources. So Mm. like money. Yeah. You know, the the reason that we uh, were able to have so many people on our last retreat was because the older people in our church raised the money for us to do it. Yeah. Um, because the actual cost per person was $110, yeah. we charged $35 for every new person. Come on, all raised up from from people who who gave. So, sitting down, helping people understand the Bible, never getting mad at them for their spiritual immaturity or personal immaturity. Like you got to get really, really comfortable with like, yeah. this is going to be messy. They're not going to get it, and I'm not going to hold them to a standard that. Maybe as an unfair expectation, but mm. being able to patiently walk people through what it means to follow Jesus, and then saying like, "All right, well, you got these groups of friends, um, and you can reach them if you just had enough money to rent out this uh, basketball court. I'll yeah. pay for the basketball court. Yeah. That's no problem. Mm. I'll even I will show up and and say hi to everybody and get to know them and whatever. Um, I think those two things of setting the example first and foremost. You're not really following Jesus yeah unless and and i I don't mean salvation i mean in a literal sense like when jesus said come follow me he literally meant like i'm walking this way walk this way with me he like meant that gotcha so you're not really following jesus in the literal sense unless you're going to people that don't know christ Mm. and telling them about Mm -hmm. christ yeah um so setting that example but then too, uh giving any resource any guidance any wisdom for many of us you're you're gonna have to be like a father or mother figure yeah. to a lot of these people because yeah. that's not present um, in order to empower them to go, you know, reach the world.
0: Dude, come on. Dude, thank you so much for being on with us, brother. You. really appreciate it, you. man. That's
1: great. All right.
0: Hey, thank you so much for listening. For more information about how we're doing this as a campus, you can check us out online at towncenter.gracechurches.org. eo 3 Our prayer is that whatever moment you're in, you know that God can use you. We'll see you next time.